Welcome back. It is Wednesday. You know what time that is? Wednesday. Last night, a committee of friends, foes, and dawn from the bud list met in a lovely lair <laughs> to churn, kid, fight, toil, burn, that, midnight oil, and deliver the best segment in all sports television. It's an honor and a privilege. It's time for Nick's Tears. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction, as always, Kevin Wilds. But it is championship weekend Ooh. almost, which means we are approaching the end of the 2022 NFL season and the end of Tears. However, we'd like to get all 32 teams involved. So okay. we have some categories for teams. They are tiered within the categories, and then we will get to the final four. Okay. We will start with devastating disappointment. Wow. All eight of these teams... Ooh had real, not only playoffs, but many of them, championship aspirations. And I know what you're thinking, Nick, the Saints. I know someone who picked the Saints to go on a real deep <laughs> playoff run sitting on my right. I know someone who picked the Cardinals to make the Super Bowl. He's sitting on my left. Okay. Oh, yeah, they were actually playing the Raiders in that one. And then, of course, at the top, the Rams and Bucks. You won Super Bowls. Congrats. Now you're in the wilderness for the next half decade in the NFL. And then, of course, the Buffalo Bills. Those banners do fly forever, however. Preseason favorites beat the Chiefs in October back-to-back -back years, but the years ended in tears. Not, not those sets yeah. of tears, actual Thank tears. You. Yeah, you're <laughs> down the face. Uh, next group. Yep. Still born. Come on. Uh, sorry, you can't make me be interested wow. in these teams. You just can't. Yeah. Nothing to make me interested in them. <laughs> Falcons, trade for Lamar. Colts, hire Jeff Saturday. I'll at least be interested. <laughs> Make them interesting. Otherwise, it's just boring. Hey, you're going to win seven, eight, nine games, and nobody's going to care. Next, Crossroads. All right, all of these teams have either serious questions to answer about the future of their coach or the future of their quarterback. And all six of these teams almost assuredly are sticking with the status quo for next season. However, barring a deep playoff run, for, by any or all of these teams, whichever teams don't have a deep playoff run, there will be major changes at the tops of those franchises. Next, excited and optimistic. Hmm. These teams didn't all make the playoffs. In fact, two of them were the two worst records in the league. But they had, for the Bears and the Texans, you have cap space and you have, a t you have the top two picks of the draft. The two New York teams were two of the biggest surprises in the league. Lions and Seahawks, Seahawks made the playoffs. Lions maybe could have made the playoffs. You have real reason for optimism. And then, of course, sitting at the top on his royal throne is, of course, the Prince with one of the most optimistic futures in the league. Now we are down to the final four teams. Joe, Jamar, and Lou. Let's be honest here, America. The Bengals have no reason to be in their second consecutive AFC championship game. They have no reason to be favored. In, their, for the, in the AFC Championship game, except for the fact they drafted a franchise changer in Joe Burrow. They have the best receiver in football, sorry, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. And they have the most anonymous but impactful coach, maybe in the entire league, in defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. So anonymous, I think I just mispronounced his last name. <laughs> However, uh, there has been a lot of lately kind of like, hey, why didn't he get any head coaching interviews? The answer is I don't know. But what is true is, whether it was against Josh Allen, or Patrick Mahomes, or Justin Herbert, or Lamar Jackson, what Lou Anaromo has done against the best quarterbacks in football is one of the biggest reasons the Bengals are here. They come in number four in the tiers. Number three, committee shakeup. So here's the deal, America. We have one long-standing committee member who will remain nameless. It's Elijah, who all year long has every meeting don't don't believe in the Eagles guys here's the here's why they're not going to win guys here's why Jalen's it all year long and it's been feeding it and feeding it and feeding it and because of that it is possible the committee had ranked the Eagles slightly too low throughout the year we shall see what happens hmm. but if the Eagles win the Super Bowl committee heads will roll America. wow oh, and then wow. at number two okay. Okay. Team that started the year number two on the tiers and likely ends it there. An all-star team. 
the San Francisco 49ers. We've talked about the fact, oh, they have the defensive player of the year, Nicky Bosa. Yeah, but then they also have Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead. Oh, they have the best linebacker in football, Fred Warner. Yeah, but then they also have Dre Greenlaw. They have one of the best safeties in the league, in Hufanga. Yeah, but then they also, in the defensive backs room, have Jimmy Ward and Javarius Ward, two great corners. On offense, Debo's great. Yeah, but Brandon Ayuk's awesome. Their backup running back, Elijah Mitchell, is great. They have George Kittle, the Christian McCaffrey. This is a true all-star team, and they're proving it by the fact that Mr. Irrelevant is two games away from winning the Super Bowl. And then, of course, time is a flat circle, America. The disrespected dynasty. And I know what you're thinking. What dynasty? I'll see if you're asking that about two weeks from now when this team's won two Super Bowls and been to three in the last five years and made the Final Four. Can we put Tom Izzo in the Cosmo Hall of Fame for Final Fours? We don't even care about it when the Chiefs do it. <laughs> uh, they're home underdogs? Okay. The rest of the NFL, Greg, will rue the day when they give the Chiefs the one thing they've never had before, the ability to play the Nobody Believes in Us card. For the first time, they have that. So there are the Conference Championship Week in tears. Greg Jennings, what are you laughing? I'm laughing because what? did we not just do a segment on Brandon Bean and now all of a sudden we got a Brandon Bean what do you mean? Brandon? Uh, on, the, on the committee? Why? Like, are you kidding me? Everybody has a Joe Jamar and a possibly even a Lou. Every mean? team above them. What do you mean? Let's yeah. go to the Eagles. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you got Jalen Hurts. You got AJ Brown. And then you got what what's my man? What's my man? Jonathan. You've been doing it. Yeah. Jonathan Gannon, defensive yes. coordinator. Mm-hmm. Look, let's look at the all-star team. Mm-hmm. You have Brock anybody Brady? at quarterback. Okay, well that you have anybody uh-huh. at quarterback, then you can just go through that Lou. Yes. Cycle of names that yeah. you just said Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, yeah. all the above. And then you got D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. you got the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs sitting in the top of tiers, disrespected. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna get disrespected by the Bengals. Uh-huh. But Ooh. they have Patrick, Ka- Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and then Spagnoli. Like, well, stop it. Stop. Did you sound like Brandon Bean? What? Oh yeah, they had an opportunity to take advantage of their what? draft picks. Like, so did you. And the Bengals have beaten you three times. And they're going to again beat you in the AFC Championship game this weekend. So I, I apologize. I'm not going to apologize for having three guys on my roster. That makes us better. Every team has two guys, a quarterback and a receiver. That makes them so good. I've got to wow. say, wow. and I usually don't do this because Greg usually is, you know, the second best part of the tiers segments each week. <laughs> However... Uh, I think you misunderstood what I was saying. I am not what I, my point is. I think Joe. I think those three guys are so exceptional that they are here despite the fact uh, they don't have a lot of other great players on the team. They, the Eagles, yes, they have that, but they also have Devontae Smith, the best offensive line arguably in football. We know how many players that the Niners have. We, the Chiefs have Andy Reid, the greatest quarterback ever. I think the greatness of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Luana Romo is it's carried the Bengals to this point, and they're not coming into Kansas City and winning. You know better than that, Greg Jennings. Yeah, they you have, know better than they that. Have, Go they ahead. They haven't done that before. Uh, one time. One time in overtime, like Wilds would say, do it in regulation. That's Wilds' take. It doesn't count if it didn't happen in regulation. Go ahead, All right, Nick. I will not let you get away with this foolishness. Get away with what foolishness? These playing on words like you're doing, disrespected dynasty. Well, let's look at it. If they, you're saying they will become a dynasty in a few weeks when they win the Super Bowl. They're not a dynasty now. That's for darn sure. And if they win the Super Bowl, they won't be disrespected. Everyone will give them praise. Everyone will give them flowers. Really? But I don't. Yes, absolutely. If they win this second Super Bowl against a great NFC team, against a team that everybody loves all of a sudden, including me, who they, the Bengals, they will get mad praise. And here's the thing. Dynasty is way too strong. It's a burst. It's been a burst. Now, there is a Patrick Mahomes era. I'll give you that. But this is a burst. LeBron in Cleveland was not a dynasty. Chauncey Billups in Detroit was not a dynasty. Kurt Warner with the Rams was not a dynasty. Russell Wilson with Seattle was not a dynasty. This is no dynasty. 
Neither have the Chiefs. But, but, that, but I'm telling you, they will. For, they, but they won't be disrespected at that point. But here's the problem. They'll be praised. You, but you say that. However, I have to listen to you say if they win the Super Bowl, they won't be disrespected. Well, the previous Super Bowl they won, I've heard roughly, let me check my notes, 37 times this year from that side of the table, they'd have zero rings if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't overthrow a ball. If Kyle Shanahan knew, you guys always will find a way. And also, to be clear, I am not saying they become a dynasty in two weeks. I am saying they became a dynasty the moment they drafted Patrick Mahomes. That's I my point. Want to be very they are not a dynasty okay. under well, any yeah. definition. Some of us can just see what's coming down the tracks. Uh, I would like to go back a few steps and argue that the Patriots do not belong on the yup, still boring oh. tier. <laughs> okay. I would like to move us up to excited and optimistic Why? for three reasons. Reason number one, all year. You made fun of me because our offense was run by Matt Patricia, his pencil, and Joe Judge. Well, Belichick made the move, and we got a real offensive coordinator. In fact, best offensive coordinator in the last two decades, oh, according to points per game. Yeah. So that's we're excited about that. Okay. Reason number two, the year three bounce. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Fade to Black documentary with Jay-Z, but Jay-Z is in the studio with Timberland. He said, do you have any bounce? And Timberland says, coming up. And he goes, boop. And you know what plays? A soundtrack of Mac Jones, year three. <laughs> these three, these four quarterbacks, year three bounce. Josh Allen, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Derek Carr. All got better in year three. That's what I'm expecting from Mac Jones, the baby go. And finally, a uh, little, little division turmoil. We spent several segments on this show talking about the Bills salary cap. Maybe they're in a little bit of dysfunction. Who knows what's going on with the Jets? And maybe all these rumors swirling around Miami. Looks like the Patriots primed to take over the AFC East. So I do not want to be in, yup, still boring. I want to move to excited and optimistic. And Gosh darn it. Hey, Nick, I'm with you. Can I say something really quick? After everything he just said? Yep. Yeah, still, still boring. boring, man. Pagers, Bill O'Brien. That was great. Ratings bonanza. And go out when they go out and get deep. They really not gonna be boring. Run duo and power <laughs> some more. Four wow, second man. and six, boys. Good job. Okay, I was doing that when you're talking about the Bill salary cap and the people. <laughs> <laughs> Are people I mean, sleeping on the single the whole, the whole show is about who's being slept on. <laughs> okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Are you giving Purdy a chance to outplay MVP runner-up Jalen Hurts? We'll start with Nicholas Wright. Go. All right, well, first of all, breaking news, Wilds already has the MVP voting results, so that's exciting. But I think you're actually right on that. Um, I am giving Purdy a chance. Mm-hmm. Now you're in on Purdy. He, no. No, he's down no. on Hurts. No, 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 no. You said it yesterday. We, we I'm, I'm, know. <clears throat> Let me explain. I am in on Kyle Shanahan's offense. Okay. I'm in on the Eagles' defense being gettable if 
the offensive line can hold up. We talked about this from the other perspective, mm-hmm. but it is true in both directions. It is. Both of these excellent defenses right. can be gotten vertically if your quarterback has time. And I understand Christian McCaffrey hasn't practiced this week, but I still, he said he's going to play. I believe he's going to play. And I think the Niners are going to be able to go pass, run, 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 hit you with the play-action pass repeatedly to open spaces. On the flip side, now this is where everyone gets mad at me. Jalen Hurts, the Giants game notwithstanding, throughout his career, has not played great in postseason games. Oh, come on. This He's is had, a, this what, is college two? Thing? I'm including college. Uh, of course he has to. I wonder what he did in high school. Was he good? He probably was I'm good. I'm sure he was great in high school. <clears throat> it's not, guys, but it was every year in college, right? It was, it was his freshman year. He was bad against Clemson in the playoff. And then the next year, he got benched. And then even at Oklahoma, he was bad in the Peach Bowl against LSU. <laughs> it just was. The very guy, this isn't 30 years ago. This is a few years ago. And then last year, he was bad in the playoffs. And then this year, he was, I mean, he combined for 190 yards, but the team was excellent against the Giants. If everyone else wants to say it's a surefire thing that Jalen Hurts against the league's best defense and a chance to go to the Super Bowl is going to play great, again, I like the guy as a person. I have questions, and I think he. I think the Eagles need him to be great far more than the Niners need Brock to be great. So I don't. I know you guys don't like when I talk about college, but I, it I matters for young. Because Vince Young was fantastic in the postseason games in college. I mean, Baker and Kyler Murray were awesome in. I mean, I, I don't think that matters. Jalen Hurts has all the intangibles you like, so we're supposed to believe he has all these great intangibles. But he freezes up or melts down in the or big game. No, that I he's mean? not great against great defenses at any level. That's it. It's not that the moment's too big for him. It's that he has not excelled against the best defenses he has faced at any level. That's well, well, all. Okay. Well, and well, the Giants are not one of them. Like that. That's all. Well, Brock Purdy. Look, I, everybody's talking about San Francisco's defense. You did say they're both excellent. Mm-hmm. But people got to wake up. Philadelphia's got a great defense too. I think San Francisco's ranked one. Philadelphia's ranked two. And Philly is much better against the pass. We know they got the great. You know, they led the league in sacks by 15. All right, and, and they, they, so they got the great defense and they're great against the pass. So I think Brock Purdy, look, last week I'm watching that game and Dallas played great defense, and I'm like, this is where you would really like an elite quarterback with the Niners because I was like, Purdy's got to make a play, and he really couldn't. I'm not saying he's not a decent quarterback, nice. but he couldn't make like that big play that, that they needed. And that was more Kittle than Purdy. I mean, right, Kittle and so him. I'm saying – I think he's going to be in a position where he's got to make a big play, and I don't think he's ready for that yet. Not against them. Yeah, there's a chance. I like his poise. I like his composure. Purdy, I'm speaking of. But when you think about what makes him rattle, what gets him rattled, it's pressure. And this is a team that can pressure the quarterback. His numbers when you pressure him, Brock sure. Purdy, are completely right. different. Any quarterback, for that matter, for the most part. But Brock Purdy, specifically, a rookie guy, you pressure him. And we talk about all these sacks that the, the Eagles have been able to, to put, on, put on the stat sheet. It's not even about sacking him. Pressure him. Get him to flush out of the back of the pocket. That will allow you to do everything you want to do and get everything you want to get done as a Philadelphia defense. That's why I like – I trust Jalen Hurts more I than trust I trust – I trust Jalen Hurts – in a vacuum, to be clear, I trust Jalen Hurts far more than I trust Brock Purdy as an individual player if you were to drop him into any mm-hmm. environment. In this specific game – Because he has Kyle Shanahan. Because he has Kyle Shanahan and because I don't think the Niners offense needs Brock Purdy to play well to hum. No, I think the that. Eagles offense against this defense needs Jalen Hurts to I play do well agree. to hum. I but do see, I, I do think they'll need him to hum a little bit in this, in this game. game. Just because they needed him against Dallas. I mean, they won, but – News this nice. afternoon. The Jets have hired so Nathaniel Hackett, <laughs> former so Packers OC and more recently Russell Wilson's fall guy, as their new hey, offensive hey. coordinator. Here's Robert Sala. How'd that get in the cop? Just kept circling back to him. Uh, uh, he he checks every box that we were looking for. I'm not going to get in the details of it, but uh, uh, really, really excited about this. Brew, are you buying Rodgers to the Jets? Is it a little more realistic? I, I'm not 100%. Oh, yeah, I'm buying it as more realistic. What, look, and the thing, I'm not going to rip Nathaniel Hackett because of he did a poor job, to say the least, in Denver. I mean, because we've that seen the- we've seen a lot of <laughs> offensive and defensive coordinators, right, who were great, 
but weren't great head coaches. So he still can be a great offensive coordinator. Okay. Here's the thing, though. I don't know that you hire him right away after a disaster. I mean, maybe you do as like a, a quarterback's coach or some lower position. Someone, I don't know that you bring a guy that's failed so publicly and miserably into your team unless you got a little bit of intel. Of course And that do. you think, oh. And I tell you what, if, if, if Vegas wants to go after Tom Brady first, then I think Rodgers with the Jets – I like it. Greg, you got Garrett really, Wilson. You got Brees Hall. Who's really going to follow Brett Favre's entire trajectory? Uh, you know that. But little. he might be thinking, I can do what Favre didn't do here and win bigger. Well, this team is, I think, set up for more success. But if you, <laughs> this is crazy. It would. Be but nuts. as a fisherman, <laughs> if I want to catch a fish, a big fish, I better have the right bait. Yeah, and nice. when you, if you're the Jets, this is bait. Of course. Aaron Rodgers, it, yeah. it just makes sense. The relationship, you, you got to think about who Aaron Rodgers is. If, if he goes to a situation and it's like no familiar faces, I don't really know anybody. Like, right. that's not really, he needs to have somebody and in the room. remember what Collinsworth We're, told us about why he loved Matt Hackett. <laughs> I knew this was That's what he said. During one of those Broncos <laughs> national television games, Collinsworth was like, and I talked to Aaron Rodgers, and he loved Nathaniel Hackett. And I'm like, oh, he's going to explain how he diversified the offense, schemed it up. He's like, man. He made them laugh, and they played <laughs> cornhole together. And I'm like, oh, man, that's why the Broncos hired him as the head coach because he made Rodgers laugh. And now the Jets are like, screw it. They're not going Mike White or Zach Wilson. we got to bring in Rodgers' buddy. It's a great gig if you can get it. Now, I will say this. Aaron Rodgers, there is some delightful irony, not just to the Brett Favre part. But Rodgers the other day on McAfee literally said, People go on television or radio and criticize him because they're in the pocket of Johnson & Johnson and Big Pharma. Right, right. When the Jets are owned by a Johnson & Johnson heir. So Aaron Rodgers might actually be being paid by Big Pharma well before any of the media does. But you know what? I'm here for all of it. I think it is delightful. And I get you a friend you. like Aaron Rodgers if you're in a Nat Hackett of the world. Yeah, was, where you just keep getting amazing jobs because you might come around. It's an unbelievable. Unbelievable gig. And I, I wouldn't pay Aaron Rodgers $50 million to get first-round pick for him. But I think the Jets are going to do both. I think at this point it is more like – I don't know what the latest odds are, Wild, but I now believe Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Jets next year. Really? Yes. Man. Why else are they doing this? It doesn't make sense and any it, other way. And no other way You could have hired sense. a hot young thing. And, to be and by the way, reporter. even when he was with the Packers, with Rodgers, forget everything about the friendship and stuff aside – we all know LaFleur. That's LaFleur's offense. Of course. That's right. LaFleur's calling plays. It's LaFleur's right. it, it, baby. So the only reason you do this is to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so really quickly, is Nathaniel Hackett a good offensive coordinator? If LaFleur was calling the plays and he didn't do well in Denver, what's the big shining he had a star good on the resume? Jackson. We just told you. He and Sala coached together. Besides the corner. This is, this is, this is <laughs> pure honesty. A lot of times, offensive coordinators get the title because they're the next coach up. But the, the head coach, if you're an offensive guy, you're yeah. really calling the plays. I love Joe Philbin. He was not a great offensive coordinator. Okay. He's just the next guy up. Wow. So, coming Thank up you next. Asked one more question, and poor Joe Philbin gets astray. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. If you ask me, nothing goes quite together like football and food, especially in the fall. College football on Saturday, the pros on Sunday, and the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card provides the perfect way to earn rewards. Whether watching your team with other super fans at a local eatery or in the comfort of your own living room. Earn four times points when you dine out or have food delivered. Maybe order a pizza and watch the big game on that big TV of yours. Plus, earn two times points at grocery stores, which is great if you're tailgating at the stadium with hot dogs and hamburgers. Even getting to the game can be rewarding as you'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Score big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association. Pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated, some restrictions may apply.
It is Thursday, 4 o'clock, which means it is time for the most motivating segment in all of sports. It is also time for us as a staff to address some of your letters. You oh, know, for yeah. The, yeah, for the year 2023, we get a lot of physical mail, yes, we do. and we're always willing to address your concerns and questions. Oh, there's the music. I love it. I got this for a cut at my house when I open up my bills. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dear Wilds, love the podcast reads, <laughs> but I'm none too fond of cyberspace. Sometimes I want to be motivated by the bud list, but don't want to jump through these gosh darn digital hoops to get there. That's why I write letters. I think it's one of our older viewers. Cheers, Don Sr. I think it's Don's <laughs> father. Don's out Dawn. Don and Don. Well, thank wow. you for writing, Don Sr. We get this a lot because a lot, not everyone is as digitally savvy as we are. Right. That's why <laughs> we have today. Yeah, today we have the Budless <laughs> Budless Greatest Hits. 2023's most inspirational and motivational record. It's got hits such as Baker Mayfield. And the, the really, the third cut is called I Believe in You. It's fantastic. We listen to well, it all the time. So it's just wonderful. Thank you for promoting that. I thought it was forgotten. I made, no. I made that decades ago. People didn't know a brother could sing. Right. Check it out. All right, let's get to it. At number three, a lot of times quarterbacks land on this list, sometimes coaches. But Eli Apple is a defensive back, a quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. I had to say it because you might not know that. All right, he, he's been in the league seven years. He's been with four teams, never made a Pro Bowl despite being the 10th pick in the draft back in 2016. But his claim to fame, boy, he can run his mouth. All right, he has some legendary trash talk against the Buffalo Bills. Nick and Wiles didn't like it. I thought some of it was hilarious. And one of his lines after beating them last week was, see you, or no, safe travels to Cabo. Now, here's the thing. That's not going to age well if a week later you are going to Cabo. So, Eli Apple, the pressure's on. And you got to do it against the best quarterback in the NFL. A lot of pressure on Motormouth E.I. Apple for the Cincinnati Bengals. At number two, here we go. We get into the quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts. Mm. Oh. All right, Jalen, despite you being a finalist for the MVP award, for the Offensive Player of the Year award, there are still some non-believers out there. <laughs> One of them has really long hair and a vested interest in you losing. All right, silence him. Please, please, Jalen, silence him. All right, and also, and I'm, this is no shade at the next guy I'm about to mention, but Jalen Hurts, seriously, has a chance to become what a lot of people thought Dak Prescott would be. Hmm. He's high on the intangibles, high character, uh -huh. great leader, runs the ball, throws it pretty well. You could do what Dak has yet to do. So there's that. And, of course, you got a chance to get the huge contract. If you get them to the Super Bowl, the Eagles, I think they'll give you the bag, my man. So a lot of things on you, Jalen, this week. But I do believe in you. At number one, first time, first appearance for this young man. This season on the Bud List, usually because he's so great, and it is Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Now, a lot of people wow. would say, a lot of people would think he got a built-in excuse if they lose, he's playing on a high sprain, ankle sprain. But Patrick, no, we see you in the video. We see you running around looking spry, to use Nick Wright's words. Okay, and the bottom line is, in the future, no one's going to remember the ankle sprain. Oh, look at the spin. If you lose to Joe Burrow for the fourth straight year, all right? Despite you about to be winning your second straight MV or second MVP award of your career, despite you being christened as Jordan-esque and the best I've ever seen by smart football people, <laughs> and it was documented for all the posterity <laughs> by Sports Illustrated. True. That I said that first, oh, that you're the best I've ever seen at the QB position. If you lose to Joe Burrow this weekend at home again in the 
Arrowhead Invitational, or maybe it will be the Burrowhead Invitational or Burrowhead Stadium, then there will you will be shocked at how so many people want to say he is better than you and that he is the best quarterback in the league. There, it'll be happening fast enough to make your huddle spin. All right? <laughs> so get out there, Patrick. Do your thing. I do believe in you. That is this week's button. Very wonderful. Oh, I like these guys on the bud list. I'm going to add one more guy because this is motivation. Yep. A.J. Brown, my Thank you. Okay, I like that. Look, man, amplified attention equals amplified expectations. Oh, A.J. Brown, you made some noise, man. You let us all know how you really felt. Even when your team won 38-7 in a divisional round against a division rival, you've talked. You showed us by your emotions, by your posture. You really wanted to be more involved. I'm not mad at you, but now all eyes are on you. Jalen Hurts, he's going to be thinking about how can I get my guy the ball. So when you do get these opportunities, you got to deliver. We saw this team struggle with one of your counterparts, your guy, DK, early in the playoffs, wild card round. He went crazy. We all felt like, man, you get DK the ball early, he gets involved, big game. You said, give me the ball early. It keeps me involved. I, those were your words. So now my eyes and my ears are going to be tuned to my TV, locked on my screen, waiting for you to make those big plays happen mm. when you get your opportunity. Don't let us down. Because your team didn't let you down even though you wanted that ball last week. And I get you as a receiver. You throw me the ball 100 times, I want it 102 times. You said 101, I need two more than you. All Thank right. you very much. Well, well done, Greg James. What I like about that is that's from one receiver to another. Absolutely. So you know what you're talking about. Nick likes to go back to back in the day. Guess what? I was a receiver in high school. Uh -huh. And AJ, I second what Greg just <laughs> said. World? Yeah. Well, okay. conference championship. Conference team. championship. Oh, made the state well, playoffs. Three point stands. <laughs> Let me put. No, no. no. I was like Lynn Swan, baby. Hands bar. on the hips. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is a guy I like a lot. A guy who I think you know, while Brew might have been the first person allegedly to call Patrick Mahomes the most talented quarterback he's ever seen, mm -hmm. I think I was the first person to be adamant that this guy is a top two quarterback in the league. When other people had images of Josh Allen dancing in their head like so many sugar plums and fairies, I am putting Joe Burrow oh, on the bud list. Everybody's on. And here's why. I believe at this point the expectations for the Bengals have exceeded the production for the Bengals come the postseason. So I have a stat for America that I think will, you know, will be shocking. Much like the Trevor Lawrence never lost on a Saturday stat, I think this one will start to sweep the nation. The Bengals in these last two years of the playoffs haven't scored a single fourth quarter touchdown. I like this stat. Offense. The only fourth quarter touchdown they have in the two years of playoff games, where they're five and one, was scored by Sam Hubbard. They have scored 12 fourth quarter points total in their six playoff games. They have scored more than 27 points zero times mm. in their six mm. playoff mm. games. For some context there, Patrick Mahomes has played 10 career playoff games that he started and finished. They scored at least 31 in eight of those 10. Joe Burrow's Bengals are yet to score 28 in any of these games, and they're yet to get in the end zone in the fourth quarter. So I say all that to say this. The Bengals right now, Brew, and Joe Burrow are being treated like an offensive juggernaut. They have not been that. Now, they have been an incredibly clutch team, and Lou Anarumo on that defense has been brilliant in the biggest of spots. But I believe Patrick Mahomes is not going to short-circuit in the second half of this game as he did last, last year. And I believe this is going, if the Bengals are going to have a chance, they are going to have to go blow for blow with the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth quarter of this game. And I don't know that they can do that. If they do it, it'll be the first time they've done it in two years in the playoffs. So I want to see it. Not bad. I've tended to think that Joe Burrow's playing with house money going into this game. But 
I do think you're right. If, if he loses this, I don't think people will say he's better than Patrick Mahomes. And maybe the Josh Allen, Joe Burrow thing uh, oh, know, that's picks up a gone, little steam. Maybe Trevor At least in these Joe. parts, it might Tre- pick up a little maybe more steam. Maybe the Prince. Mm-hmm. Maybe no. the Prince. The Prince not in that Speaking class. of the Prince, I'm putting a triumvirate of quarterbacks on the bud list from the 2021 draft class. Starting off with my guy, Mac Jones. Oh, Mac, I'm sorry. There was an article in the Boston Herald today. That was just an indictment of Bill Belichick's coaching decisions with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. My favorite quote, uh, Mac Jones about uh, Joe Judge. Mac didn't like him at all. <laughs> Thank goodness we got Bill O'Brien coming in. But oh, it is a bad, bad article. And people are blaming Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. And it's kind of Bill Belichick's fault. He put him in that position. Guy number two, Zach Wilson. The other news today, Nathaniel Hackett going to New York. So Zach Wilson, like, am I the guy? Am I going to lose my job for Flacco or Strebler or Mike White? Like, maybe all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers. So what was kind of bad got worse for Zach Wilson. And finally, you know, when I was playing a league basketball game, I was sitting on the bench. I would kind of sit there, and I'm a team player, you know that. I'd be look at Scott, I'd, and every once in a while I'd be like, man, I hope Scott misses this one. <laughs> I should be in there. <laughs> Turns out Scott was better than me, much better. But I would, I'm not a very good man, I guess, when it comes to basketball. <laughs> What's Trey Lance doing? Oh. What's Nick's guy? Nick's guy. They gave up a lot. Like, if I'm Trey Lance, I am going to be rooting for the t- – actually, if I was Trey Lance, I wouldn't be. <laughs> but I mean, Trey Lance, it is like, is Trey Lance going to be the quarterback of the Colts next year? I don't know what's going on with Trey Lance, but either way, I believe in all three of you guys. But I think it's a lot of stressful You moments. do believe in them. I do. And Justin Fields got the first thing, oddly, being the worst. Well, having the worst record put Justin Fields in the best spot. Yeah, yeah. That, that, those were three interesting names. Thank They're you. In some bad, all of them in bad positions. But you know what? I believe in you. All right. That's good, Wow. Thanks. I was, it's a good cut. Can I see yeah. the record again? Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, that's the instrumental cut. Can we just cut. play it? Let's, yeah, this, this is the one, instrumental verse. Yeah. Give me a little vocal rendition of it. Good. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. We, we don't need that. <laughs> about, about to let it go. <laughs> me, give us a little bit. Was about, give us a little bit. I saw really. I was about to. He was. Let's take a listen to some Chiefs reverse strategy here. Trash talk. Take a listen. It's like a full 360, right? Um, same thing, same circumstances under Burrowhead Stadium. So feeling good about it. Did you just say Burrowhead Stadium? Yeah, Burrowhead Stadium, right? Yeah. Take care. See y'all at Burrowhead Stadium. <laughs> I love him so much. You don't look happy. Oh, I love him so much, coach. The old reverse bulletin board. The Chiefs have been taught well. That's what you guys would do. That's what you guys don't give them. I, I don't give them any reason to have a, extra motivation. Yeah, the Bengals are. Listen, Bengals are the kings of the Big Dogs Conference. Kings of the Conference. Honor to be on the same field as them. All provide the bulletin board material. Bengals are gonna get whooped. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. I don't think that was reverse psychology. What I think you? that was. I mean, he was showing he was angry. I think oh. he, that was trash talk. Oh, yeah, y'all calling it Burrowhead? I Burrow definitely head? think that was trash. Yeah, talk. exactly. That wasn't that reverse. Was reverse psychology? Yeah. I don't know. It's just paying respect to the big dogs. No, I think he's showing that he doesn't like the Absolutely. disrespect that they're being given. Like, I'm a bit scared, too. And he's going to do something about it. What do you mean? Yeah, no, you, you know, you're driving the bus around the stadium. That really <laughs> Oh, we have some pride in our stadium. We didn't just, you know, give it to some shaving company to sponsor. Like, we, you know what I mean? We, it's a pride. Yeah, Bust your stadium. beard. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> news out of Dallas. <laughs> You make me rock for Gillette. Uh, Dan Quinn staying as defensive coordinator. And Mike McCarthy's job is not only safe, his tenure has reached legendary status. Take a listen. As far as my relationship with Jerry, I, you know, um, just using his word, we're, 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 in a, we're in an excellent spot. You know, he's uh, the partnership that we have, he's, he's excited about. Um, he told me a number of times this, you know, this week that he wants me to coach here as long as Coach Landry did. And I said, okay, no, no, that's, that's a long time. Okay. That seems like a lot. Wow. <laughs> seems like a lot. Brew, is McCarthy the right guy in Dallas or address the quote? But Well, first of all, I mean, Jerry's the one that fired the legendary Tom Landry. So that, that's interesting that he brought up Tom Landry. But Mike better start winning. Because Tom Landry won two Super Bowls, went to three more. All right, so Mike better start winning. Look, I think he's the coach for them because 
He lets Jerry be Jerry, and there's no pushback whatsoever. And obviously, they got a good relationship. Jason Garrett was the coach for Dallas for a long time for the same reasons. Bill Parcells and Jimmy Johnson weren't because they didn't like the owner coming down and doing all this football stuff. So I think as long as Mike McCarthy will do that, Maybe he will last long. I, I think they're going to probably give him one more year to see how this team does. And then regardless of what he said about Landry, he could be out. Yeah, he'd be my vice. Be like, uh, can you put that in <laughs> Right. The, the 25 right. years, just let's put that in the contract. Um, yeah, and maybe it's as long as he had Tom Landry. Maybe it's not as long as Tom Landry <laughs> was there. But to me, this is a good situation. This is a good fit. And the most important thing is the relationship between the head coach, the GM, and the owner. And the GM and the owner are the same person, and they have a good relationship. And unless that's going to change in terms of GM slash owner, which it's not, that relationship trumps everything else. And so it's understandable why why it's it's fitting and I think having Dan Quinn stay is a huge, huge. No, I think that's really good. Because it did look like Dan Quinn was going to get a head coaching job, and or at least it was in line for him, and they gave him a big raise. Reportedly, he's going to stay. Wilds, who do you think was the happiest when they heard this quote? Because it wasn't Mike McCarthy. Do you have any guesses? I'll tell you. The owner of the Giants, and the owner of the Eagles, and the owner of Washington. Guys, this is the old thing you say with coaches, and it's correct. That when you're make, debating a fourth down or debating whether or not to go for two, what does my opponent hope I do? Go ahead and do the opposite. Yeah, you think that. The, is the, NF, the other teams in the NFC East happy or sad that the Dallas Cowboys are not writing Sean Payton a blank check? That's right. I think they are happy. Are the other teams in the NFC East happy or sad that they are going to just run the Dak-McCarthy combo back for another season so they can maybe go for the trifecta of impossible ways to lose in the final seconds of a playoff game. And so the the other teams in the NFC East are very glad the Cowboys are sticking with the status quo, which means it's the wrong decision. Yeah, and I'm not, I, I'm, I, I am not out here trying to fire a bunch of coaches. Well, you kind of are. What I am <laughs> saying I mean, is... They just released like six guys, right? But, so, guys. but, I mean, ex- but explain turnover. that part to me, yeah, if you, if I don't you could. That part the, we, we, this is our right guy, but he's got to fire half his staff, essentially. Or Leon Lett. Yeah, look, I, I've, never, I've never been a believer in that, and, and I didn't let go very many coaches when I was a head coach because I felt like that was a failure on my part if I got the wrong guys. And then, look, at some point you may have to transition someone out. That, that's what, but to have large-scale departures... To me, that that's like when you're like keeping it's, both corners. That cosmetic, that, it that, makes it look like we're doing well, something. Well, look, someone someone's got to pay, and and that's that's how it usually works in the NFL. It doesn't mean it's right, mm. but but people want to see someone pay for for. But it's I agree. Lack of success or, or not meeting ex, unreal, maybe even unrealistic expectations. But it's just like so you know, and some so we saw with the Colts last year, right? The failure at the end of the season against the Prince. And Carson Wentz, gone. You got to go. We see head coaches get cut. We see coordinators sometimes the day after a season ended. The Jets did it with LaFleur. You know what I mean? You got to go. When we're down to the D-line coach and the O-line coach, it feels like it's really just almost just trying to signal to the fans we're not happy, but we're not making any systemic change. And you'd love to see those changes if you knew you had an upgrade but to just fire someone right. for the sake of firing someone, not knowing who you're going to get, that just seems emotional as opposed to well thought out. Cosmetic. Okay. Cogent analysis there every day, 3 o'clock to 4.30, FS1. <laughs> uh, upset alert coming up next. And now we're going to Miles is going to pretend to be a groundhog. Oh, you get a little bit of both. <laughs> Welcome back to a huge Friday show. What a push from the gym. Well done. It's Friday at 4 o'clock, which means it's time. For the segment that is so hot, I had to write the intro with a lava pen. Now, is the pen itself made of lava or is the ink made of lava? No one knows. It's too hot. Starting us off is going to be Coach. Can you please give us a hot upset alert? Well, one of the things I love about being on the show is Nick's confidence and, and arrogance and enthusiasm about the Kansas City Chiefs. Year's resolution was it's, be less humble, Coach. It is, it is every day. unbelievable. It is unbelievable, except 
when he talks about the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. And that's the, it, that the Cincinnati Bengals, they, they live in, in Nick's head rent-free. And, <laughs> and there's, a, there's a timidness that overtakes him whenever he thinks about the Bengals. And nobody, well, how do I know? A friend of mine was at the game. Oh. My buddy Ted sent me a picture. So the Wait, picture. We have prop. That, <laughs> he wanted the Buffalo Bills okay. to win so badly so that they wouldn't have to see the Cincinnati Bengals once Christina, again. Christina, did you do this? <laughs> that Nick was at the game out in front loving up not only Josh Allen but the Buffalo Bills. And look, oh. if, if the Bengals win for what, this would be the fourth time in a row? Yeah. Yeah, so it would be a, a situation where the Bengals wouldn't be renting. They'd have the option oh. to buy. Bye. Oh, yep. So, so you've got the Bengals. Bengals. Okay. Can I say something about that very point yeah. coach made? Sure. What it is not <clears throat> true when it comes to me. I gave the Bengals respect before the regular season meeting because it was in Cincinnati, because Cincinnati was fighting for their at that point in time playoff lives. They were not even right. leading their division, and that was before we knew Lamar was, you know, gone for the season essentially. And the Chiefs hadn't lost in six weeks, and I thought maybe they could get them. All those things are true. I, this game, feel very confident. Not all Chiefs fans do. There was a lot of, there were a lot of, of Chiefs fans that were, my friends do local radio in Kansas City. This was a big topic. Who should we be rooting for in Bills Bengals? Would you rather play, play the Bills on a neutral field or the Bengals at home? I found that question insulting and ridiculous. Do you, you hear re- how he said you, it? I feel very cool. Okay. <laughs> I, feel, I feel very Okay. You know what? Yeah, he, he yeah. does you know protest this. Coach, so coach, coach, I got something to tell you. That invite that you had to my house to watch this game? Promote. No, no I don't have enough tissues. <laughs> oh. Okay. There's wow. Nothing. All right. I, I like it. This is. I have to stop at Costco. This is like a moment it. of truth. This bro. is a moment of truth. All right. I will admit, I have doubted them all season. Okay, I have betrayed my roots as a young boy growing up in Cincinnati, Ohio. This is unbelievable. But now I have learned my <laughs> lesson. Unbelievable. So I have two words to say to Nick Wright. Who they? Who they? Is that? Now that's base. When you say, when you make a pick, that's how you do it. Who they? Yes, wow. I'm picking the Bengals. I'm picking this. this the f- Don't let me down. The only, the only fear I have, the only trepidation, <laughs> the only hesitation yeah. I have, and coach, maybe you'll understand this. When you've beaten another elite team that's just close, and you've beaten them three straight times, I do wonder can they beat them a fourth? But okay. I am going with the Houday Nation, the Bengals, ten toes down, chest out, and base. Can, can, <laughs> okay. 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 Well done. Well done. Oh, Thank for you, over Chris. the weekend, yeah, Dusty and Josh are wonderful producers that also do research for us. Mm-hmm. Is this the first time ever someone has picked a team to go to the Super Bowl within Here the same go. year of writing Here them off go. of making the playoffs? Here we go. Hey, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. It's about analysis. It's about weighing the, the ups and downs but, oh, of the season. Wait a minute. It's a marathon, no, not a sprint. This is championship weekend Friday show. We are, we're going to dive into some things for a moment. How can you believe the Bengals are good enough to go into Arrowhead and win when – a week ago today, you didn't believe they were good enough to go into Buffalo and win. Because the Bills, I thought, were better than they showed. Okay. That, I mean, I looked at the I'm, game. I was You bro, weren't the only one grinding the all-22. No, yeah, we're at well, Josh yeah, Taylor, obviously. Bro, I believe. Buffalo just didn't show I'm up. I'm disappointed in you, man. You thought you you were 100% sure I was going I was the a, I was 98% really? sure. Of course, because I thought you wanted to be right about something. All right, we'll see. Hey, I mean, we will see. Wild, save the segment. Now it is time for the puck. Puxatani Phil of the upset alert to make his upset prediction. Coach, you know why they call me the Puxatani Phil of football. Is it because I'm covered with fur and live in a log? No, it's not. No. No. It's because I can predict the future. And I'm going with a massive, massive upset. The biggest spread is two and a half points. Air Force Falcons <laughs> getting 12 and a half points in Albuquerque tonight. But Wilds, <laughs> that San Jose State loss was rough. Granted, but you know I believe in big bounce back games and the Falcons' ability to defend the three. Mixed with a little bit of old school Princeton offense should match up well. Take Air Force what to are cover. You doing? Maybe an what outright win. Doing? Let's go Falcons. <laughs> what upset are you doing? Alert. 
That's my upside alert. What are you trying to? Is this your? I did it. They are nailed it. That's what everybody wants. Is this your attempt to try to make sure we continue upset alert? Well, ball season. You're picking small college basketball. I'm in a bit of the quagmire, to be 100 percent honest with you, because unfortunately, when I came out of my log this morning for my morning cappuccino, I only saw favorites winning. So you've got the Chiefs. I, well, I wanted the olive branch, and you refused to give it to me. I have got the Chiefs, and I will spin it forward. I was looking for a Chiefs upset. Oh, and you Patrick Mahomes, I think, is going to do better. against the Niners. Sorry. Sorry. You I picked against the Niners every week. I, yeah. i, okay. I got to stick. i got to stick. <laughs> okay. So my only upset that I actually have, besides the Falcons, is uh, Patrick Mahomes. People don't believe in him. I'm taking the over on 282 yards because I think it's going to be a, oh, show, a shootout. Wow. Now, maybe that's a little bit of wishful thinking. Maybe it's a bit of Stockholm Syndrome from three years of working <laughs> with Nick. Either way, I think Mahomes has a big game from the pocket. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I think but for whatever, just for the record, his over-under, his total for projected passing yards against the Prince was like 322. So it's dropped 40 yards, in part because of the competition, I'm sure, but also in large part because of the ankle. I, I think that if the Bengals win this game, I do not believe it's going to be because Mahomes plays poorly. If they win this game, it's going to be because, like against Buffalo, their offensive line is going to be able to right. hold up, right. and the offense is highly efficient. So I, I think, Wilds, you can win that bet even if the Chiefs lose. What I think that Falcons the, you're talking about there? I'm just, no, not the Air Force Falcons. I, look, I don't think it's going to be a function of him playing poorly, but will he right. be able to play as great as he usually does? Oh, no, he that's won't. Right. Just, me, as great as he usually does. And he usually hasn't. He's never hit 282 uh, uh, in the last three games. Against yeah, but he averages 300 yards per game in the playoffs. As great as he usually does is 300-plus yards. I'm not worried about the – you know what? I mean, that's what they're playing. They're not playing all the other teams they usually play. Time for Nick's pick. We've been spending money all year. Here we go. This past week, we were 2-2, two and two, but we honestly should have been 3-1. and one. That, that backdoor cover by the Jags really grinded my gears, but that's fine. Nine <laughs> games above 500 for the season, two games above 500 for the playoffs. The only real bad pick we've had all this past round was the Giants. I should have never believed in Daniel Jones could cover eight points at home. Give me or On the road, give me a break. This week, Niners getting two and a half. They're going to win outright, and they're going to cover. Here's the deal, America. Why is this line not Philly by three? They're at home. They are the healthier team. Christian McCaffrey's been on the injury report all week. They obviously have an, an, an advantage, pardon me, in the biggest position of the game, the quarterback spot. So why are they getting less than a field goal? It's almost like Vegas is daring you to bet the Eagles. Like, oh, just do it. Oh, they got to win by three against a rookie quarterback in the link, in that cauldron. The Niners have the best defense in the league. They have the best skill position guys in the league. They have the best coach in the conference. And, they, and Brock Purdy is going to continue to do what he has done, which is give them the best playoff quarterbacking they've had by anyone since Colin Kaepernick. He doesn't have to play great for them to win. I also think J Nicky Bosa can give hell to Jalen Hurts mm -hmm. and... Coach said it earlier, but he said it in a very nice way. He thinks the Niners are going to hit the hell out of Jalen Hurts when he does and doesn't have the ball, and I think he's probably right. I think it's maybe it's kind of uncouth, but it's sound strategy. Niners plus two and a half. Well, that's sound strategy for that game. Don't you even think about doing that to Patrick's ankle in the next game, Cincinnati. <laughs> Chiefs, listen, they, you, you, you take them at plus two and a half, plus one, minus one and a half, doesn't matter. I'm telling you right now, the alternate line, minus six and a half, get two, plus 200, that's a juicy bet as well. The Chiefs were en route to blowing this team out in this very round, in this very stadium, one a year ago. Mahomes then short-circuited. It will not happen again. Furthermore, we have some breaking news that could move the line, so bet it now at one and a half. Patrick Mahomes' personal trainer, Bobby Stroop, I don't know if he's supposed to do this. I'm not sure. We can ask Dak Prescott about the HIPAA rules. He showed us Mahomes' x-ray. Oh, my goodness. He's got that dog in him, y'all. He's coming for you. All of that, plus Cincinnati's offensive line issues, America. 
This is the first and only time in your life you're going to be able to get the Chiefs laying less than a field goal at home in the playoffs. Even when Mahomes' first year starting, they were playing Brady and Belichick. They were three-point favorites. The Bills, five days ago, were six-point favorites at home against this Bengals team. The Chiefs now only point and a half. The disrespect ends at Arrowhead Stadium around 9.15 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday evening. That's a 2-0 weekend. Let's go.